What's up? Welcome everyone to 99 for 1. And what's the word? Well, the word this week comes from the Greek, and the word is anamanisko. And we're about to get into it right now, and I'm about to explain to you how this pertains to our life and how we can use it for everyday living. Let's get it. Welcome back, guys. I am so excited to get into this week's word. And it comes from the Greek. And the word is anamnisko. This is a compound word of ana and mimnisko. And it's found in 2 Timothy 1.6. Ana means again or to repeat something. Mimnisko means to be reminded of something. For instance, in this case, memories. Now, when joined together... In this verse, it means to gather or to recollect memories. And in doing so, it carries the idea of replaying these memories over and over and over again. Anamanisco, to repeat over and over and over. Now, why is this important? Well, I guess in, in essence, it's like a rewind button. Well, as I started thinking about this word, anamanisco, and I started to I started to wonder what the meaning of uh, replaying something and then that thing being linked to memory. Uh, I did start to feel that it's important uh, for us to remember the things that we've been through, and uh, and thinking about this right and thinking about how I can relate this to my life. I'm reminded of when I was a young kid. Uh, we were very poor. Uh, we weren't doing very well in life. And, uh, you know, we had a basic TV and we had a VCR. And uh, at the time, you know, we had a lot, of, uh, a lot of VHS tapes. And me and my little brother would, you know, we'd come home, we'd come home from school and we'd put a video in and we'd watch, you know, movies. And, and we would watch them, our favorites, we would watch them, rewind them, watch them again, rewind them. And uh, for you young folks out there, a VCR is a thing about so big and it has a cassette. You put the cassette in there and it plays your movie. And then when it's done, you hit the rewind button and it takes about two minutes, three minutes to rewind. And then you can watch it again. And it was something that, that uh, me, and my, me and my brother enjoyed doing. And the funny thing is, is that back then you could like rig up your VCR to your television and you know, we didn't have cable. We didn't have, I think we had like four stations, which, uh, which here in, in, in San Antonio, Texas, uh, it was like channel four, channel five, channel 12, and then like a channel 29. And, uh, when those channels would show movies, we'd set up our VCR and we put in a blank tape and then we would set the schedule and we would record, you know, a movie that's coming out that we wanted to see and we would record it. And then we'd have it on tape and we'd be able to we'd be able to watch it as many times as we want, anytime we want, right? And that was such a fun thing to do because we didn't have nothing else to do. You know, we didn't have cable. We didn't have a, a game system at the time. And uh, so it was it was just a very, a very fun thing that we that we did. And we had our favorites, you know, growing up, it was like Karate Kid, Back to the Future and you know the last dragon you know all these all these cool movies that we would watch over and over and over again uh 
And as we watched them, we would memorize these lines. And then as we're playing around, you know, playing outside, doing other things, or just in conversation, as we got older with other friends, you know, you're, you're in that thing where you're having a conversation and then somebody says something that sounds like a movie line and then you throw the actual other part of the movie line in and then everybody laughs and it's, it's just funny. And that's how I grew up. Growing up poor, uh, I remember the very first time that we visited some friends uh, and they and we walked in and you know they had their TV on and there was like there's like movies on and there was no commercials. <laughs> it blew my mind. I'm like, what the heck? How do you how are you able to watch Karate Kid and there's no commercials and you don't even have to record it? That's when I realized the the gold the gem of cable. And I didn't even know there was such a thing, you know? And I, I thought the people that we would visit that had cable, I thought they were like rich, you know? And they were able to watch all these movies. I think there was, at the time, there was like 80 channels on cable. Crazy, 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 right? That they, they had so many stations, so many movies at their disposal. And I grew up loving movies, you know? Because that's what that's what I had. And uh, it was just so crazy, you know, that we would, me and my brother would go and then when it was time to leave, it was such a heartbreaking time because I didn't want to go back to my TV with my VCR and my tapes that I had to rewind and watch over. And if you watched these tapes so much, the, the picture would degrade. It would be more blurry and more not as sharp. And uh, it was just it's just a, it's so funny looking back and thinking about those times in my life. But, you know, it, it's just it's. It's one of those things that I guess you had to be there for. Uh, for all you old folks out there, I guess you know what I'm talking about. And for you young folks, well, I guess you missed out. But uh, it was a, it was a it was a experience, and I'm able to relate this scripture now to something like that. You know, the replaying of my favorite moments and memories. Let's read Second Timothy one three through seven to get a better understanding. And uh, before I read this, I want to give you a little bit of background of what's going on. So Nero uh, has become emperor of the Roman Empire. And because of his rule, believers uh, and Christians have started to become persecuted, uh, even unto death uh, for their faith. And this emperor is after Timothy. And it's known. And so Timothy is scared. You know, he's, he's, he's worried about his life. And it's so bad. And I have to wonder... If Timothy would think and question God, you know, is God going to be faithful to me in this terrible time? So let's get into that and I can go and explain more. So let's start off in uh, verse three. And it says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As I continually remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you. Remembering your tears, that I may be filled with joy, remembering the genuine faith that first lived in your grandmother, Lois, your mother, Eunice, and that I am persuaded lives in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. I want to break this, uh, this down a little bit. And kind of related all at the end here. So, like I said, Timothy is running scared. He's a young man, you know. He's not he's not uh, seasoned and mature and, and older like I am. He's a younger he's a younger guy. And Paul is writing him this letter. And 
I, and Paul is the older guy. Paul is the seasoned person. Paul is, is the one who has experienced God, but so is Timothy. And we're going to find out here. So the letter, the letter opens up. And obviously, Timothy is in fear for his life and his future. So as we read in 1 Timothy 3-7, uh, through 7, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, right? And uh, he starts off right off the bat. I thank God whom I serve with pure conscience, as my forefathers did, and without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now, to me, I feel like that is that is so so cool. We all need somebody in our life that can speak positive things, right? Paul knows that Timothy is going through some things, that he's probably scared, that he's worried about his future. And right off the bat, he's letting him know, like, you're not alone. You know, I, I'm praying with you. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you. And that's such an awesome thing. Uh, it's, such a, it's such a good way to encourage someone else, to let them know that you're thinking about them and that you're telling them that they're not alone. And then we move on and he says, uh, in verse four, he says, I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. Now, what does that mean, right? Mindful of your tears, right? Well, again, Paul is trying to lift him up, right? He's saying, I greatly desire to see you. Well, another word for that is, I miss you. Isn't that, isn't that such an encouraging, great thing when you see a friend or you hear from a friend on the phone or by text that you haven't seen in a while and they're saying positive things like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I miss you. Especially when you're going through a hard time in life, you're going through some trials, whatever they may be, maybe you can be that friend to somebody else, or maybe you need that friend. And hopefully maybe 99 for 1 can be that for you as well. We can encourage you and lift you up. And then when he goes on, he says, being mindful, being mindful of your tears. You know, that's, that's, such an, that's an awesome thing as well. When you're talking to somebody, right, and you're trying to vent about problems you're going through, being a listener and allowing them to vent, you know? Uh, but when a person vents to you, it's a, I feel like I see here Paul having a good habit of responding by not just, uh, you know, letting that person say, like kind of like complaining or worried about their situation. And then Paul just, or any of us, just kind of being like, yeah, yeah, okay, so anyways, and then they just go on with the conversation, right? Or, you know, Sometimes we can be in a position where we want to give our advice and we want to give our help and we don't uh, and we don't really respond to the words we just heard. And Paul doesn't do that. He says, I know you have pain. I know you're scared. That's the part where he's saying, I am mindful of your tears. I know you're scared. He's, re he's responding. He's telling, he's letting them know it's okay. I know, I know you're going through these things and I think of those things. And then he says, but that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. When he says what brings me to joy is your faith, you know, that, that shows that Paul has also seen Timothy's faith. Paul has also seen Timothy move uh, with the Spirit of God. And Paul continues to encourage him and now reminds Timothy, this is such a, it's such a good friend. I wish I could be a better friend to my friends. 
like this. And then Paul continues to encourage him and now reminds Timothy of the past, but also the good, but the good things, right? The victories. He he does uh, the anamnisco to Timothy, right? He reminds him of the past by talking about his grandmother and his mother and uh, talking about the lineage that Timothy comes from, right? Uh, I think that's, that's another just edifying thing that we can do uh, to people, for people, with love on them, right? And show them that we pay attention and just encourage them. And, uh, you know, when he says persuaded, right? Well, what, is, what does that mean, persuaded, you know? Well, the definition of persuade is to believe something, especially after a sustained effort. So Timothy has shown himself a great person of faith and is constantly, and Paul is constantly reminding him of that. And then we get to verse six, boom. This is where Anamnesco hits it right here. Uh, and that word actually means now, I told you what the root words were, but in English, this means to remind, right? So Paul is saying, therefore, I remind you. And this is this is this is the this is a powerful like punch here. Therefore, I remind you. Therefore, I Adam and Nesco you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. That that is such that is that is so powerful. I hope that you are grasping that. Paul not only is reminding him of his faith, right? Paul is reminding Timothy of his own faith and his family's faith, but he is reminding him of the faith and the power that he has given to him uh, because of what Jesus Christ did. And so he tells them, you know, uh, it's kind of like he's also saying like, so you can remember your gift, so you can remember how God uses you. You know, I, I took that I took that as well, and I thought, you know, it's, it's good to get busy uh, doing God's work, you know? I'm reminded of Matthew uh, 6, 33, where it says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added to you. All, not some things, not half the things, but all things will be added to you. And in that scripture, I feel like I'm reminded to not be selfish and so concerned with myself. But if I reach out, if I go to help others, if I show the love of Christ to other people, then God will meet my needs as well, you know? And and I just, I, I love that Paul tells him to go and lay hands like he's done in the past. And then on top of all that, he's also reminding Timothy about a gift, his gifts of God that he has in him. You know, whatever, whatever God has spoken into Timothy's life, Paul is reminding him. I know a lot of times in our life, when we go through the, through the, the mountaintops, right, in the valleys, when we're in the mountaintop, sometimes we get these things from God. We get these words in, uh, from God and they're so uplifting and encouraging uh, you know, we get those things when we're in the light. But sometimes when we head into the darkness of our life, we forget. We forget what God told us in the light when we're in the darkness. And we got we to gotta hang on to these things. And I feel like Paul is such a good friend to Timothy to remind him of all these things from beginning to end of this letter, constantly uplifting him and constantly telling him uh, the gifts that he has. And then verse 7, after all that, he hits him with the faithfulness and the power of God. He says, For we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of sound mind, and of love. That's just so awesome, you know, like <laughs> that is just so great to to top it off, right? The cherry on top. 
you know, to be reminded that God has given us a spirit of power. So if you're out there today and you are feeling fearful about a situation, you're feeling worried about things, anxiety, just know that if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have surrendered your life to him. You have been given this spirit of power. So that spirit of fear must flee. You can uh, kind of re reword this scripture, right? I'm putting you in memory of all these things so that by you remembering them, you might stir up the gift of God that is in you. That's awesome. So it's like, and if you think about that too, if you think about the times that God has done something in your life, uh, maybe you know the gifts of God that you have in your life and maybe you haven't been using them. Uh, but if you start to think about them, it kind of motivates you, right? I think that's what Paul's trying to tell him, like, remember these things. Remember how God has moved. Remember how God moves in you. You know, that, that stuff kind of always gets me because I feel like I am a wretch. I am, I am the chief of sinners. I, And then to think that God can use me in whatever way he wants, I... I it breaks my it breaks me because I feel like I don't deserve it, but he gives it to me. That's his grace and his mercy. And I I, I sometimes lose my words at thinking about that because it's beyond me, you know? But we gotta get motivated, right? And, and excited for, for the things that God is doing, even if we are in the valley right now, even if or even if we're on the way up to the mountaintop. Remember, God is the God, He's the King and the Lord of the valley as well as the mountaintop. So be encouraged. And Unesco. Think back to the times that God has moved in your life, to the blessings he's poured into your life, to the times that he's been there in your trials and tribulations when, when you thought there was no way this situation was going to work out and then it worked. God moved on your behalf. Think back to those times. If you're going through hard times right now, think back to those times. I feel like in our nature, in our human nature, right, we, we can be negative. You know, if you think if you think back at your life as well, you can always kind of remember the bad times, right? You can remember the arguments you had with your spouse or the bad times you had with, with your children maybe, you know, in rebellion or whatever it may be. It's so easy to think of those negative times. Good times, uh, they're, they're there, but for some reason they're just harder for us to remember. It's funny that we, that we believe our doubts and doubt our beliefs, right? But we should be doubting our doubts and believing our beliefs. But we gotta train ourselves or we gotta get our mind to, to change, to think. Um, so, in order to do that, you know, we, we have to like make that choice to drive on in, in the word of God, spend time with God and have a renewing of our mind uh, in Romans 12 to renew our minds in Jesus. So as we prepare ourselves right for, for this life and what it throws at us, maybe you are persecuted at work. You know, maybe you're going through hard times with with friends at work or, or in your in your family. Um, maybe you feel like it's hard to speak about God and it's something you want to do and you feel like there's some persecution at work or at school or wherever you may be. I mean, let's be honest. You know, a lot of times Christians or people who say they love God and believe in God, they haven't always painted the best light of who God is. And so when people hear the name Jesus, they automatically like, oh, we don't want to talk about that here, you know, because it's, it's, it's us who have put a bad taste out in the world, you know, but that doesn't mean we should stop. We should continue to love the people around us. Yeah, not just our family, you know, but love our enemies and love the people that hurt us. I know it's super difficult. I can't, I can't do it, but I can do it. I can do all things through Christ. And maybe, or maybe you actually are having trials in your life. Maybe 
you're experiencing really hard, horrible things in your life and you're in the dark right now and you don't remember, it's so hard to remember the blessings or the things that God has done. But we have to, we have to force ourselves to remember these things. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes. It's pretty popular. You know, this is where it says there's a season for a season for sowing, a season for reaping, a season for life, a season for death. Well, in that, in Ecclesiastes 3, 5, uh, it says there's a time to gather stones. And in the Old Testament, you know, I want to explain that, what that means to gather stones. And I think it's important to this conversation, uh, to this, to this uh, Bible study. In the Old Testament, uh, men of God that went through something or, or the people of God that would go through something and God would see them out. You know, when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son unto God and then God stopped him and, and provided a ram to sacrifice instead, it was a joyous occasion and it was a big thing for Abraham to show his faithfulness to God. And God had him build, gather stones and build an altar unto God so that so that when Abraham would pass or the people of God would pass and they would see that altar and they'd be like, oh, that's where God provided another sacrifice. Uh, when God provided a way out, you know, when when uh, when Moses was at the, at the Mount Sinai and when he led his people through the Red Sea, uh, you know, there was there was gathering of stones and things were built uh, as as signs and, and altars to always look back. You know, we don't need to build altars. You know, we, we go straight to God, you know, but. Maybe in our mind, we can gather a few stones in our mind. And uh, I know like me, like where you have rocks in your head sometimes, like that's not what I'm saying, you know, but we can gather like figuratively stones that, re that remind us of the things. Oh, I remember when God did that. I remember when I was broke, they were about to cut off my electricity. True story. And me and my wife get a check in the mail. I, have, I don't even know where the check came from. It was from some company that I have no idea. But it was just enough to cover our electricity bill. And I don't, I don't know why it happened, but it happened. And these are the things that sometimes we can't explain how God does or what he does. But that's, that's just God, you know. But I think about those things. When I think about the hard times financially, the places we've been in, my, in our life, the places we've lived, and I look to where God has brought us to, like it's so easy to look back at those stone altars in my life and know that's what God did. That's what God did. I'm not saying that in, in, in my life when hard times come, it's just super easy. No, it's not. It's hard. But I trust his faithfulness. I trust in him. And I look back at those other things and I think, well, you know what? If he did it then, he can do it again. If the tomb is empty, then God can do anything. To continue on, right? The Lord takes from mountaintop to mountaintop, from valley to valley. And those are the great times, you know, that from mountaintop to mountaintop, from glory to glory. But it's that too, mountain to mountain. Glory to glory. In the two, man, sometimes it's the hardest time of our lives. You know, we're, we're struggling. We're going through some things, right? And nobody really wants to be in that area. But it's just the way life is. That's how it goes. I want to read a paragraph from this book uh, that I've been reading. It's from uh, Pastor Joby Martin. Uh, and he he's a pastor of a church, 1122 in Florida. And the name of the book is called If the Tomb is Empty. And I love what he says here in this paragraph. And I... I'm going to quote this this whole paragraph here it says God uses mountains to manifest himself let's look at what the mountain looks like it's a high point surrounded by shorter peaks and valleys it's a good picture of our lives in between now and the day Jesus returns you and I will stand on mountaintops valleys and countless hillsides in between 
we will know unmatched joy and unrivaled sorrow. I can't really tell you why, only that it will. It seems like God demonstrates his glory on the mountaintop and his love and mercy in the valley. Maybe that's why it's only when we go up and down, up and down, that we get a more complete picture of him. We all love the peaks, but the valley is usually not far behind. Plus, you can't stay on the mountaintop. Nobody can. They're small and there's no water. That's in the valley. So are all the people. Funny how that works. And as much as you yearn for the mountaintops, the truth is we spend most of our time either coming down or hiking up or in the valley down in between. So that was from that, I just, I love that, how he expresses that, how he explains that, and it is so true. So prepare yourself, prepare yourself now. We you know if you are at the mountaintop, if you are in that glory and in the glory, prepare yourself now. Take a mental snapshot of these victories in your life because we're gonna need them. We're gonna need them in our, and as we head down into the valley again. I know that our phones, you know, I, I, everybody has a phone, right? I, I used to be on my phone a whole lot and I've, I've done a lot better, I've disciplined myself, right? So I know it can be done. Um, and maybe, you know, the persecution that I was talking about earlier the, or the, the hard times that we may be experiencing, the drama, maybe it is on our phones and it's a bit distracting. So if that's the case, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe try to find another way. Maybe we can use the, our device as a tool to help us remind us uh, of the victories in our life, right? The, the past things that God has done. I looked at the statistic and it says the average person uh, looks at their phone 58 times a day. Now, if you're my wife, it's probably more like 100 times a day. I'm just kidding, babe, love you. <laughs> but if the average person looks at their phone 58 times a day, so to Anamanesco you, right? To replay all the good times, you know, I would, uh, I would make like a little, like a little wallpaper and put just a couple of the blessings in your life, a couple of the things that that you know without a shadow of doubt God has done. And when you look at your phone right before you open it, you'll see that list, and it'll just be a little bit of encouragement for you, you know. So maybe we can try something like that. I really hope that that you you are able to grasp this memory uh, you're really able to grasp the meaning of this word to be remembering and to use those memories to replay and replay and replay maybe you're a movie buff maybe you're a music person and you like listening to songs over and over especially your favorites right well let's make God's move in our life our favorites and let's replay those memories and keep them fresh however we can we got we have to do it so that we're ready we're ready for those times of discouragement. We're ready for those times where we get hit in the face and we're ready to push back. So let's go ahead and end in prayer. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, I come before you humbly as your servant, yet boldly as your son. I pray for everyone that this media may come into contact with. I lift up the one who is yet to trust you with their life and eternity. I pray that you will open their eyes to, deceitful, to the deceitfulness of rebellion. I pray, Lord, that, you, that they realize the ache in their soul and that it can only be filled by you, Jesus, that only you can satisfy. Lord, I pray that you would soften the heart of the religious. I pray that we be awakened to the reality that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags to you, Lord. 
God, would you mold us and shape us to always know that you are with us on the mountaintop and you are with us in the valley. Bless us, Lord, not just with knowledge about you and your works, but a deeper knowledge of you. I pray, Father, that we would begin to see ourselves the way that you see us, holy and blameless, sons and daughters, righteous and redeemed. Lord, I pray that this journey from the mountaintop to mountaintop will lead us into a deeper relationship with you, Jesus Christ. And just as you have met your people on these mountains, that you would meet us in undeniable ways. I pray this in the good, strong name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. So, that's it, guys. And if you're hearing this for the first time, uh, you, this is not an accident. Uh, God does have a plan for you. He wants redemption for all his people. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is and you've listened to this for the first time, it really is very simple. All God requires is that we speak with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ came, died for us, and rose again. And all you have to do is just surrender. Surrender your heart and your life to God, to Jesus Christ, and let him take over. You, you won't be sorry. I promise that. So until next time, uh, we'll see you. Peace and God bless. Thank you.